Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace. <laughs> I'll get it right that time. I'm so happy. So it's me, <laughs> it's me, Robert. It's me, Pete. It's me, Muse. Mo, whatever. And we've got BB Layers, our special guest. Yeah, guests. my little, my little hey. baby's here. Introducing little so baby. So you're going to be hearing random noises. She's trying, hey, to reach, she's trying to reach for the microphone right now. Hey guys, let's not get distracted. Hey, but it's not going to work. So today, I thought we'd talk about the elephant in the room. Oh. To be more exact, the elephant in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> what? But we've got backstory um, for this. So, I think it was, when was it? Sunday. Yeah. I was tutoring my... My student, my my tutee, if you will, and then I had to use a bathroom. So I went to a bathroom, used used, uh, was used the bathroom, washing my hands, da, 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 da. and then I look over into her bath, and there's uh. a bucket in it. <laughs> uh, I just realised where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And it just made me think: what's with Africans and this whole bucket bath mentality thing? It's economic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone says, yeah. But then guys will go out and spend five five hundred pounds on the belt and not think anything of it. Mm. That's an investment, though. What the belt? It keeps the trousers up. But bathing is not an investment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. So can I just ask everyone here right. has has like experienced that bucket bath? Of course. Yeah, I think it's standard. You know, I'll, I'll even take it further. I've, I've done the whole, you know, bathing outside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in Ghana, like because I lived yeah. in Ghana for a little while. Bathing outside at the back of the house with a bucket, nah, bro, with, with, a, with a metallic well. bucket. Yes, oh, you guys can just which you, which you had to go to. You, you had to go to the tap and go fill up. It's cold water. You bring it back. You wash outside. Yeah. What is heating? And and this is the thing is that when it, when you're in Ghana and you got just a bucket of water, you know, I've only got a bucket of water. You make that to last. So you, it needs to last. Yeah. And if there's a water shortage. And like your family members need to bath as well. Sometimes you will go get a bucket of water, and normally you you use the whole bucket, mm. but you actually use it so economically that there will be some left over for the yeah. next person to come come use. Oh, it's never that serious, but well. taking it further, bathing with like bathing my my younger brother, or my younger siblings, with this one bucket of water. All of us are bathing at the same time. You've all got your little pails or little like thing that you see collect the water and throw it in you. You gotta you gotta be you gotta be smart about it. How's the other person gonna use the water and they're gonna be left with another one you bath time should be enjoyed. It should be cherished. Do you know do you know what it is, yeah? You were born and bred in this country, you know? yeah. 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 Yes, that's you why. London, Waterloo, that's born why. and bred. You, you don't yeah. know. You've chilled, you've been Exactly. Waterloo, born and bred. <laughs> you know what, yeah? We have been struggling <laughs> in chocolate in Kashima. Secondary school at Chimata. Yeah. Water is short so we go and steal water from a golf course. <laughs> we were stealing water. You know, you know the like those. I don't know if they're obstacles or whatever. But you, when you play, there's like a pond and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The pond, the pipe that used to feed water to the pond. We'd go there. We'd steal it. Like you'd see the security man at the other end. I remember one time we saw the security man at the other end. I'm there. I was there with three other guys. We're fetching the water from the thing. We see the guy coming. They're like, I need to go and intercept him. <laughs> waste, <laughs> waste his time around there so they can finish getting it. Run back, come and grab my uh, thing. We had jerry cans. Mm-hmm. Grab that and then run with it back to the house. Uh, and these times we're using a bucket of water. You use a bucket of water for the morning, the evening, the next morning. So when you come back from lectures that day, you can go and fetch again 
for the evening, the morning, and then the next. Dude, you make you make those buckets last. Oh, you know, yeah. See that, and that's that's why you haven't lived this life. When when we're calling names and stuff, this all reference to Ghana. So yeah, for all yeah. those who don't are not familiar with Ghana, every place that we just mentioned is is from Ghana. Our motherland. Where yeah, where all of us are from. But yeah, well. Where two of us originated from, yeah. <laughs> One person just claims it by origin, Bro, but, he, but it's like I got that Ghanaian blood in my veins, in it. He, he, you don't. If you haven't had a bucket bath, you haven't been initiated. I bucket bath every day, in it. Not, not that I like it. <laughs> okay, it's not that. What, what, what's, what's the alternative? What's huh? the alternative? Shower in it. All right. So okay. What about what about if you've got dreads or like girls that have, you know, hair like, and you don't have a hair helmet or something? Then you can't buy one. Ah! When does Is it buy or, or just bring your neck back and then like, <laughs> you know. the gymnastics. You know, like, in the back in the day, I thought that it was only my family that, that like, did the whole bucket bathroom. <laughs> nah, man. You and then, I, like, I think that was, like, one reason I never brought a, um, a girl home to the house. Because I thought she'd see the bucket. And I what? Just, I didn't know. You know what, you know, we're Christians, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. All all I'm saying is I don't know about them having showers in Jesus' time. So showers is not a thing that Jesus did. When you're going to bath and you're asking yourself, what would Jesus do? Would he use a shower or would he use a bucket? He would enjoy his shower term. You sure? He would. So Jesus would be there with (laughs) with like a rubber ducky, little spuds and all that. I'm not using rubber duckies in in the for, for a shower. If it's, if it's like a bubble bath, then cool, but... <laughs> yeah, in it, Leia. She, she's used to the bucket baths. How are you going to bath a baby? Yeah, yeah, it's okay for babies because they've got, like, the little basin thing. But then for a grown man or a grown woman, just... You need to be a good steward of what God gives you, yeah? Showers don't teach you to do that. Do you know what, yeah? giving you e- Even if you're trying to show off to a girl, all you got to do... Let me use the bathroom. Hold on. Run upstairs. <laughs> Take the bucket out of the bathtub, yeah. Leave it to the side. It, what, what's that? Oh yeah, my mum sometimes does hand washing in that bucket. Boom. So I should lie. So I should lie. Me. I mean, being a good Christian, I should lie <laughs> to the girl. Hey, you being a good Christian, you want to bring girls to the house to to entertain them. Yeah. Hey, shh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, when you guys, well, most married now. Yeah. When you guys have families of your own, are you guys can't have buckets in your baths? Absolutely, I think like it's one of the things that you don't even think about. I just yeah, I'm gonna have a bucket. It's nice, isn't it? Do you know what it is, yeah? Leia. Aww. She's tired. Baby's tired. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? No, no. <laughs> Without crying, we wanted a tissue. There should be like a key chain. Actually, if you could just fetch me a toy, that's on their mat. This one? Yeah, she can chew on that. Just turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I actually had this conversation with Jamila before we got married. She was just like, um, are you going to bring the bucket into our bathroom as well? I was like, yeah, why not? And it was just like, because we have a shower. Man, if you've got a shower, you don't need no bucket. But, uh, in all fairness, I prefer taking showers. I like taking showers, I like... So why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> in all fairness, I like taking showers. 
But it's it's just something that I I've become I've, I'm I'm accustomed to. Mm. And plus, it is very economic in terms of these whole four minute showers will save you a lot of money. Dude, I spent fifteen minutes in the shower. At least, at least you have to, man. You have to enjoy the, the process. So it's a case what? of... Uh, that's a lot less, but yeah, fair enough. It's a case of, like, that's wasting quite a lot of water. But if... Yo, 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 yo. Daddy's talking. Yeah. But, um, fill up the bucket. Fill up the bucket. You're always going to be hearing bare baby noises all over this, <laughs> over this podcast. Leia, you're tired. You are actually tired. You are tired. <sighs> so, like, obviously, we got this whole bucket bar thing from our parents. We got it from their parents. Got it. I, I, I don't know who was the first person to come up with this bucket bath idea. Mm. I don't know who 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 would have thought it was a good idea to bath in a bucket. Well, I guess it would be when they decided, you know, bathing in the same river that we drink from is not a good idea. So we need to get water from that place to wherever we ever can to go and bath with that. Yeah. They need to get shanked in it. What? <laughs> or drowned in their bucket. Oh. But that's a conversation for another day. So, like I was saying, we learned this. We got this whole bucket thing from our from our family. Mm. So I wanted to ask. Um, when we all eventually have families, like, just like how this bucket bar thing has been passed down, yeah. what Christian values do you, would you bring into your family from your family now? Mm. Mm. Well, well, maybe Mo can answer first because he's already You're family in there. Like, what's Leia going to be going off with? It's, it's interesting. Um, obviously, I, I come from a Muslim background. So my parents are Muslims, mm. um, so I won't be able to take any sort of Christian values from them. But one thing that fake yeah, is what it is. But one thing that um, it's ha- one thing that has been kind of like carved out for me is how I want my family to be like. Um, I've kind of been able to highlight both the negatives and the good from my family. And by grace, I've been able to grow as an individual and know how I want my family to kind of be orientated. Mm. Um, So just simple things like I want a lot of communication in my family for everyone to be open and honest about their emotions and their feelings, Um, to be able to have conversations. So for me to be able to have a casual conversation with my wife, with my children... Um, for them to do the same to me, for them to feel comfortable and safe enough to tell me things. And I know that not every child is going to feel comfortable to go tell his dad or his mum everything, mm. but I want to make them as comfortable as I possibly can to allow them to be open. In terms of Christian values, I think my main vision for my family is for them to accept whom God has made them in him Mm. so it's not just accepting one aspect of yourself but accepting every aspect of yourself and this is not this is not with spiritual gifts in mind in terms of 
God has made me a pastor, I've accepted it. Or God has made me an evangelist, or God has made me this, or God has made me that. But knowing that physically, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. So every aspect of our body, God was actively involved, he knitted us together. So parts of our bodies that we may feel are flaws, mm. he designed it on purpose. Mm. Mm. Parts of our character and our nature, even though it's fallen and sin has crept into us, our personality has a purpose behind it. Mm. Knowing that every, every aspect of, our, of us has a purpose and that purpose can only really be seen or identified in God. I think it's interesting because now we're in an age where I don't like my cheeks, so I go and go to a doctor. Yeah, he lifts it. Like not even that. Like there's a rhinocephalication thing. Like uh, uh, it's it's an operation that's actually named after something. Like it's got rhino in it, and it's literally because you can actually go and have your the bones in your forehead like moved, or the bones <laughs> in your cheekbones, your cheekbones. You can have that lifted, and we're in it. We're in a generation now where people can actually alter themselves mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. you know some people you, you you know you've got the Nicki Minaj's with the butt implants and whatever and it's like I think that's that's definitely that's definitely a, a really important thing mm. to have someone realize that however you are designed however you physically appear you were born you were born that way and God has designed you that mm-hmm. way for a reason no one's ugly in, a, in the sense of the word um, because society doesn't or because society values these things more like this and now society values the fakeness more yeah I was yeah. walking past um, I was walking past in in Croydon a shop um, after and summers mm-hmm. going towards the train station uh, the bus station and the train station there was another shop in the corner there which does like just girls clothes and stuff like that and there's actually like shorts like that look like boxer shorts or something and it's got butts but enhancements or something on the back and you can actually buy this wear it and you've got more bum <laughs> and it's like the deception selling you know. dreams for 5.99 you know and then and then these waist trainers as well mm. and it's like but those are dangerous you know I read someone fainted wearing yeah. like five different waist trainers and they're like push your organs into mm. like mm. unnatural positions and that's not good for you Ooh. it's like you you were created the way you are created. Like yeah, I appreciate. Maybe you've maybe you feel like you're you're fat. Go and run it off. This like, is it. or whatever. Like I don't think you ever need to because you take that waist trainer off, it's gonna come off. Or you take the so you you lose your shorts and then you've lost your bum. Like, <laughs> you know what what's what, what's what's gonna come off? You that? put on, you put on them shorts. You attract a guy. And then, like, in the middle of whatever you do, you take off the guy's like, yo, yo, what? Where, where, where's what, it all gone? What just happened? <laughs> it fell on the floor. <laughs> and it's, it's, there's a book by John Piper. Um, I think it's called The Way I Am, mm. or Made The Way I Am. I have it on my bookshelf. And I love that book because it's, it's written by the members of his church that have a disability. Mm. And they are talking about their disability no they're talking about their relationship with God and how they view themselves based on God's word Mm. and it's it's literally them celebrating God's hand 
even through their disability mm-hmm. and for individuals who are disabled to still be able to say that I'm still fearfully and wonderfully made yeah. like God had a purpose in my design yeah. and not to yes there will be moments where you kind of feel life's dealt you a harsh hand or something like that but to still have that reassurance that God is doing this for my good mm. sort of thing um, and that's that's what I want to that's one of the main Christian values that I kind of want to hand down mm. um, accept all whom God has made you mm. but to do that you're going to have to know God mm. to be able to accept who he's made you um, so yeah I've got a question just along the same lines. There's something you said um, about being open and having a environment where kids feel they can talk to you about stuff. Um, to what extent do you feel like kids should be kids should be allowed to express themselves in the sense of like I think you in today's society kids have an opinion that counts mm-hmm. to a really strong extent to the extent where it's like you the kid don't actually know that much mm-hmm. so why why does the government, government give you so much of a voice or give you so much of a say mm-hmm. uh, and to what extent should that be allowed in a, in a household to the extent where maybe you're watching TV uh, and this is, this might be a crude example but a kid wants to come and watch Teletubbies mm. right? and you're watching news should a kid be able to so they can have such a voice as to when they want to watch Teletubbies, they have to watch Teletubbies and you have to respect that and let them watch Teletubbies or, like... I think there's a time and a place for everything. Mm. And by saying no every now and again, mm. teaching them discipline and obedience, mm. which is very important, because if you always say yes to them, that one time that you try and say no, mm. they're not going to have it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, there'll be a sort of, like, a balance in terms of what they are allowed and not allowed to do, there will be an understanding of hierarchy. Mm. So I'm your parent. If I say go do this, you can question it, but ultimately you're going to do it. Mm. Go wash the dishes. Ah, have you finished? Right, go <laughs> wash the dishes. Mm. And, yeah, it's for me it's a case of I do want them to have a voice, um, to be able to voice their opinions and to be able to share their minds mm-hmm. and because of that I think it's going to be very important for me to teach them the value of manners and being polite mm-hmm. because you can share your opinions but not be rude about it there's a way to go about there's it a, there's a way to go about it not necessarily being timid or being shy or anything like that but to present your argument in a respectful manner being assertive but polite yeah mm-hmm. and then in terms of trying to get things done just understand if, if I'm watching the TV I'm watching the TV like, you're just going to have to sit down and wait. If the TV is off and you got there before me, fair enough, you got there before me. Mm. But if I really want to watch the news, I'm going to be like, yo, I really want to watch the news. Do you watch the news? I don't. <laughs> but I'm going to be like, yo, I really want to watch the news. Yeah. It's For me anyways, in terms of TV, the more time that I'll be in front of the TV, I'm either watching Netflix anime or playing games. Mm. is the one who's most likely going to be watching TV and stuff mm. and I'm cool with it I'll sit here and watch whatever she's watching but if push comes to shove I've got a PS3 connected to that TV so I can just go play over there <laughs> but it's it's just a case of I'm easy when it comes to the TV mm, I, I think it was, it's a good example but 
the, way, like, the reason I was talking about kids having a voice, like, definitely have a voice, and mm-hmm. if they can't express themselves at home, they won't be able to express themselves elsewhere. Yeah. Um, or it's not healthy for them to not be able to express themselves at home. But to the extent where them expressing themselves, how much, uh, how much weight does that carry? In the sense of like, we had a one of my tutor, one of my two T's. There was a brother and a sister, and the dad, like, the kid needs the help at school because uh, he's not doing well in certain subjects. He has, he needs help. There's no reason why he can't have a TT. Like it's not like he's a tutor. A tutor, sorry. Yeah, no, he shouldn't have a TT. <laughs> but it, there's no reason why he can't have a tutor. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's got some sort of um, situation that he can't pay attention or anything. He's just lazy. Mm-hmm. He's lazy, right? Now, it was there were situations where he'd come to the class and he doesn't want to do it, and his dad wasn't like. Mm-hmm wasn't being a, not forceful, wasn't being assertive. A, assertive enough to say, look, you have to do this. I'm paying this tutor for you to get better grades at school and you have to do it. I was just like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want to go and sleep. I'm not going to play games. And oh, Peter, mm, yeah, he, it seems like he doesn't want to do it, so maybe make it, we'll make it a bit quick. Okay, cool, <laughs> fine. I still get paid for the full time, isn't it? Well, it's not even that, because I... I in those situations I don't feel right getting paid for the full time mm. but at the same time like he's going to take that attitude and grow up with it mm-hmm. and feel like whatever he says goes mm. or he should always get his way and life doesn't bend to your will mm. like life will deal with you what will deal you what hand it wants to deal you so then how are you going to navigate that when you get older my question is how old is that student oh he was like year 7 ha oh, he's got time he's got no my thing is until you reach like 15, 16, it's my way. Mm, Essentially, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, and I'm in me saying it's my way, I, I don't just mean I'm going to be like a tyrant, this and that. I'm going to take your word into consideration, but ultimately, I'm going to have the ultimate say. Mm. Once you start hitting 15, 16, and you're able to actually rationalize things a bit more for yourself, mm. I'm going to sit down with you and actually have that conversation with you. Mm. And like allow you to see that I'm factoring in your position and your thoughts and stuff, yeah. and then reason with you to see if we can come to a, a conclusion between the two of us. But until you get there, I'm going to tell you that I'm doing this for your best interest. Yeah. You don't really know what's best yet. Yeah. But as you grow older, we'll start to yeah. discuss it a bit more. Well, I think even from like a very young age, you should, you should try and like. Explain to them yeah, why yeah, you're doing yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think the thing is, though, like, so I'm thinking of God and Abraham and the way God treated his relationship with Abraham in the sense of the initial thing was go and I'll show you where to go. I'll, I'll leave you. Go, leave your family. Go. That was all God said. Mm-hmm. Right? I will bless you. Go. So he's given him the instruction, giving him the reward of him complying with the instruction, but then that's just it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Abraham had grown in his relationship with God to a certain extent that God can then be like, shall I tell um, Abraham what I'm about to do? Mm-hmm. Or come, let us reason. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely, like, I, I see you can't... I see. I find it difficult to reason with children because they don't understand. They want to play with this hot pan. They just want to play with the hot pan, mm-hmm. right? You can't reason with them and tell them that it will burn you unless you allow them to hold a hot pan and then it burns them and they're like, oh, okay, fair enough, <laughs> right? But uh, you can't reason with them. So I think to to certain age, like, in as much as you tell them, I think with kids, there's the incentive, there's the, oh, do this and it will be good. Or mm. 
don't do this and then there's a punishment. I don't think you can reason with them per se. I think you can like, mm. like I, I, I think it will be more explanation rather than reasoning. So giving them an explanation as to why they should do something as but saying it's not it's not really up for discussion. Yeah. But I'm explaining to you why you need to do this. Mm. Um, I think with children, explanations go a long way, even even for punishments. Mm. If you punish a kid without an explanation, they, they I got punished, but I don't really know why I got punished or what I did or the bad implications or anything like that. Mm. But if you're able to tell them, well, this is what you've done, these are the consequences, boom. So even in school, um, I'll tell them, if you talk, you go an early warning which is the first step for you to get sent out, early warning caution that you're being sent out. Mm. You got an early warning. So today I went to the, I went to a kid and I said, all right, I, walked to, I t- said to the whole class, if you're not doing adequate work, you're going to get an early warning. So I came up to him and I said, how much work have you done? And he said, not much. So I said, what did I say initially? If you haven't done, in the, uh, if you haven't done adequate work, you're going to get an early warning. So I asked him, so what do you have now? An early warning. Why do you have it? Because I haven't done enough work. All right, cool. Mm. And it's a case of, I got them to reiterate everything, so they can't say, oh, sir, didn't explain it. Mm. Because you've now told me why you have it, so you understand it. And ever since then, he got on with his work. Mm. Speaking of punishments, are you guys trying to beat your kids? Jamila's not up for it. Jamila does not want me beating our kids. Mm. But would you be up for it? I I would slaughter. (laughs) (laughs) No, you wouldn't. Oh god! I'm joking. I'm joking. I want to slaughter my kids. I don't advocate murdering your own children. One time when 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 God said Adam should bring Isaac, he was like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I don't advocate beating your children. But it's it's just you see when you're when you're in secondary school in Ghana. Yeah. When you reach JSS, Mm. and then the seniors are like proper going ham Mm. on the juniors, Mm. and then you just wait. You just Raring to get yeah. to the senior time. Like, Can you explain to the listeners what you're talking about? All right, so JSS is junior secondary school. Yeah. So you kind of go through primary, then you get to JSS, then after JSS you go to SSS, yeah. which is senior secondary school. Then you go to um, uni. So and JSS JS- is kind of like A level yeah. levels. Yeah. Uh, JSS is O more level, so more like GCSE. GCSEs, yeah. Moment, yeah. So um, SS3, now JSS3 will be like year 11. Yeah. And then JSS one would be like year nine. Yeah. So when you're in year nine, the year elevens are just just picking on you, getting them to do their chores and stuff. Yeah. And you're just biding your time to yeah. get to year eleven so that you can do it to the youngers. Yeah. And I think it's the same mentality when it comes to beating because mm. we were beaten. Yeah, we've we've endured <laughs> we have endured beatings from our parents. So we're, I was just in the. I was like, I just can't wait. Mm. Like the amount of weapons that were yes. used. Yes, <laughs> weapons. The so McDonald's it. balloon sticks. Yeah, <laughs> that's that my worst enemy. That, that's my. I've never Dude, that's that. luxurious. <laughs> These times you've got a tree in the back, and you know that if you do something wrong, that tree is going to provide the cane because your parents are just going to go pluck one of the branches <laughs> and then come and use that. Why is it a McDonald's <laughs> I think, I think the problem, like, because in my household, I, I, I imagine beating will be a thing, but I think, <laughs> no, no, I think the difference is, let, let me, let me, let me, let me say, the difference is, like, and I do, I do this to some extent now, if I'm upset, 
if I'm upset with, I should, probably I shouldn't say this because then they can use it against me. But if I'm upset with um, with my lady, I buy her something. Like, because I know if I say anything in a moment, like, this is just a thing that I've developed with myself, mm. where if I'm upset with her, I'll buy her a gift. Instead of dealing with the issue there and then, or talking about it there and then, because whilst emotions are high, we say things we don't mean. Mm. Um, and it's like that idea of writing a letter when you're angry, writing a letter to the person that's made you angry, and never sending it till you calm down. And then you go back and you're like, okay, that was a bit over the top. So mm. for me, it's a similar thing. Right? I'll buy her something as opposed to just getting angry and like sending her a text or calling her. And then when I'm calmer, when I give it to her, and it's like, it's all good, I can then reflect and say, actually, maybe I shouldn't have been angry in the first place. Or if I was angry, it's justified. And then we can talk about it. So as I've been thinking about like my kids, the idea for me would be, if I'm angry, to not touch them. Mm. Ne- not hit yeah. them out of anger. Out of anger yeah. um, it's fun. With your size, you kill them. <laughs> but like for me it's more a thing of I don't see kids responding to wisdom I think the idea of pain being associated with bad things carries on through like through mm. life and obviously you're not going to be scared of getting a cane to your bum if you do something wrong when you're 20 but when you're two th- no not two when you're four five six mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's hard to Obviously, there are the alternative methods, mm. but I think just beating seems to be a quicker method. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's not done in anger and it's done in love. The Bible does say spare the rod. That's open that, to interpretation yeah, because yeah, the rod could be anything. Um, and, uh, could be a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I worry for later. <laughs> I'm thankful for Jamelia. Like. Um, no, I think, um, yeah, the rod could be anything. It could be the naughty step. You know, it could, yeah. be, it could be whatever, but. I find and I find there's a certain element of toughness as well. Like when you've been able to endure those canes and stuff like that, there's an element of toughness and being ready for life in in a different mm. kind of way. Where it's like, yeah, you know, you, you can you can kind of face it. This, I don't know. Maybe I'm just discussing it with Jamelia. Um, we kind of identified that with children, mm. something as simple as taking away their dessert mm. works just as effectively. So mm. if, the, if the child's naughty. Mm. The child does something bad, and outside, and you're like, wait until we get home. <laughs> Obviously, they're shook, they're scared. <laughs> when they get home, you're like, well, oh, you know what? You see that custard and cake in the kitchen? You're not mm. getting none tonight. Mm. They're, they're going to be looking forward to it, and then you will make a big deal when you're eating it. Mm. And it's like you're taking away little treats. Yeah. Obviously, they're not big enough to have a phone or anything like that, and you're mm. just taking away little treats. And using that as a sort of punishment, so you're kind of depriving them of enjoyment. Mm. <laughs> you're depriving them of enjoyment, mm. um, but you're living, you're having that enjoyment. Yeah. So it's going to be reminding her, mm. "Oh, I'm not having it." I do, I do that with the students in school again. So if the year sevens get to go to break, break lunch early, ten minutes early. Mm-hmm. So what I do is. If they're being not, if some of them are being bad, I'll get them to stay and watch all their friends leave early. Mm. Now, essentially, they're leaving for break at the right time, but because they've had to sit there and see their friends leave ten minutes early, mm. to them they're leaving late. Mm. So even though they're leaving at the right time to them now, we've we've missed that ten minute window that we would have had. Mm. 
Yeah. I feel like psychological. Yeah, it's a psychological punishment. Yeah. It's a lot more effective than physical punishment. Yeah. I feel like think it's more effective. Definitely. So I, 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 I think, I think, that, it's I think it's a, there's a balance because I would do that with the children when they're young. Mm. But as they get older, the punishment's going to start getting physical. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be around like from about ten to fifteen mm. where they'll get beat. Okay. Before then it's just gonna be taking things away, not allowing them to go to like friends' parties and stuff. Mm. Stuff like that. Mm. Um stopping them from going out to go play and little stuff like that where they want to be active mm. but taking away their little treats. See, uh, so for me, for me, it's a bit, it's a bit different because, like, I always found I could not see the point of detention. I didn't see it as punishment because, like, I, I'm I, personally I could retreat into my mind and daydream. Mm-hmm. So I'll be sitting there daydreaming, or you can have me write, <laughs> you can have me write lines, and I'm daydreaming. I'm writing a line, but I'm daydreaming, and I, like, I never saw it as, as punishment enough. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, and like my mom, I remember my mom sometimes would take away like the penguin. Uh, as form of punishment, and I just find ways to get penguin, like if you mean stealing it from the shop, or <laughs> fighting out. Like I got caught once when I was younger. It's like one of my earliest memories of getting caught with the sweets as I'm about to leave the shop, and then the guy was just like, oh, "Sorry, you can have it." And I thought I was going to go to prison, and like he was just like, "Oh, you can have it." I was just I was like six or five or something. And I said, so you can have it. And I was I remember stuff like climbing to the top of the fridge where my mum would put the sweets because she thought we couldn't get to it going to go up penguins for that reason and it's like I found the psychological stuff for me didn't didn't work and I think you have to know the kid as yeah, well yeah because yeah, I find some people you give them an exclusion from school and it's like how is that punishment and that's PSV yeah, they don't do. want to be in school yeah. anyway yeah. <laughs> like how is it punishment I think we need to I think definitely knowing the kid mm. and knowing what, what works uh, will definitely help as well. I think one bad side to psychological punishments is the child can like learn to not trust you, mm. <laughs> and they'll yeah. be quite wary of you. Yeah. One yeah. one thing that one of my friends in secondary school said to me, um, he did something bad, and it's him and his mum. He knew that his mum was going to be upset. Mm. His mum came. I think you were somewhere it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been or something like that, or did something you should have done in a different place. His mum came, picked him up, took him home, dropped him off, went into her room without saying a word to him. Mm. Mm. And that <laughs> messed him up. He, he, thought, he thought he was about to get it bad. Yeah, yeah. But she was silent. She yeah. didn't say a word. And then you beat on like on guard for like and, time. And he it's like he, he said, can't sleep. <laughs> he said just knowing that his mum was disappointed with him. Yeah. Killed him. Yeah. How old was he at the time, if someone asking? I think we were in year ten. So he okay. was about fifteen. Yeah. So you see, I, I would I would think that when you're that old, that's when the reasoning mm. works. Because like first my question with that's car, I was like yeah, 13, 14. You said same. first time. I mean, yeah, first time, only time. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking. How many cars have you crushed? How many cars have you crushed? Two. For, yeah, yeah, so only time, only time. My dad was the first, man was the second. But anyway, the, when, I, when I crashed it, 
I was scared. <laughs> I thought my life is ending. <laughs> like I might as well write a will now because my dad's gonna kill me. Um, and, and and that night he came. I had been crying the whole day, <laughs> just knowing that <laughs> this beating is gonna be serious. <laughs> because because I was at home. The driver had brought the car. I went to grab the car. I was messing around with it. I was driving. I was, it was fine. When I was coming back in, my, my one of my sister, who is a snitch, uh, said she's going to tell my dad. So I had to bring it back in. So I was a bit shook about that. Bringing it back in, because in Ghana you've got gates. Crashed into the gate. Just bringing it in, because I was, I was so shook. And um, like the driver had to call my dad at work and tell him that, yeah, Pete's crashed the car a little bit. Um, and I was at, <laughs> from there. It was like I, I think it was like ten o'clock in the ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the afternoon in the late morning. Mm-hmm. Uh they don't come back till nine. I was crying the whole day. Crying my eyes out just thinking, My life is over. <laughs> These guys are gonna beat me, what am I gonna do? Gonna dad comes back. My dad comes back and I'm sitting on the bed, eyes red, just like ready to take this beating. And he's like, Oh, my older brother did the same thing at the same age. I should wait. When I'm old enough, he'll teach me, or we'll get a lesson, then we can start driving. I was just like, what? <laughs> Is that it? Is there some, like, surprise? In my head, I thought he was messing with me. I thought he wanted me to drop my guard so he can beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was it. That was it. And I think I was at an age where I appreciated that. Mm. I appreciated disappointment. I appreciated him understanding. And even the fact that my older brother had done the same thing at the same age, it was just like, Wow, okay. And I didn't touch a car till later on someone taught like he had someone mm. teaching me, came here, got taught to drive and it's like yeah. it so I think for me when a kid is a kid, that's where they don't really understand that punishments need to be yeah. creative, um I read when they're older. I read in a Francis Chan book one time mm-hmm. where one time his daughter did something wrong. I, I think she like got like a bad mark in like an exam or something. Mm. And then instead of punishing her like he would have based on what he told her that he would do if she got abandoned in like an exam Mm -hmm. he took it as an opportunity to portray God's grace so (laughs) so like instead of punishing her he took her out for ice cream and then explained like this is how God acts Mm. towards us which Mm. I think is a good a good thing to do that's actually quite brilliant every now and again just to yeah I I think it'll be interesting as well because it'll be a good place to demonstrate that grace we shall not sin because of grace <laughs> like if the kid tries to do it again thinking yeah that's going to be me graciously going Whoopie to get ice cream <laughs> me like shall we sin because we have no grace because <laughs> uh, we have grace or something <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I think those like life examples yeah, they yeah. really hit home mm, mm, definitely. Jimmy here. what do you think about about bucket boss <laughs> I've never experienced them. Do you want to? Do you want to? No. You sure? Why not? I can re- I can change that real quick. <laughs> I've lived a privileged life. I don't really uh, have any. You need to that. experience the squalor. Why? <laughs> my parents came here that I might have a better life. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm living in my blessing. Um, I was gonna say as well. Um, I remember you saying, before, I'm gonna do something here. I remember you saying one time, um, pointing at Peter, um, I think he was Joseph Prince. 
associate, associate, associate yeah. and punishment with something well. else yeah. rather than with him. Yeah. With him. Um, and I was, I was thinking about that recently. And, and Can you explain what you mean? Because I'm, cause I'm a bit confused. So right it's now. like, in terms of... Um, so when his kid does something, there's Mr. Kane. And Mr. Kane is the one that makes out the punishment. Yeah, that he's holding her and he will beat her. But then it's Mr. Kane. So it's not necessarily like you're associating pain with his hand because his hand will smack you. But it's Mr. Kane. And this is like a really young, really, really small baby. But it's like, yeah, if you do that, Mr. Kane's going to have to deal with you. Um, no, yeah. Something like that. In my house, it was called Mr. Thomas. Mr. What? Mr. Thomas. <laughs> that's what, what the... Wit, that, that's what the... Why Mr. McDonald's Thomas? balloon stick was called Mr. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> that just bring, takes me back to Thomas the Tank Engine. Well, when Thomas, was, Thomas the Tank Engine was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Thomas the Tank Engine. Quit. <laughs> it's like I was thinking about it. And mm. I, I was thinking, I was like, I wouldn't want to disassociate punishment from myself. Mm. Because... Um, the Bible says that God chastises those he loves. Mm. If that makes sense. So he doesn't disassociate chastisement from himself. But I think that's also why he has the rod. In the sense of like thy rod and thy staff to comfort me. There's the element of the there's there's an item that almost Rick represents. And I was gonna say, it's like he always brings his chastisement through an instrument. Mm. So it might be through um, a rod, it might be through pestilence, it might be through something. Yeah. But he always asserts that I am doing this to you because yeah. you have dis- you have gone away from me. Mm. But at the same time, he's still he's still able to still show his love mm. and allow his love to super- supersede his display of wrath and punishment. Mm. And in I know that he's God so he's able to display his attributes perfectly we're not so we're always going to be kind of struggling to get that balance and allow the child to kind of see that mm-hmm. but at the same time I want I would want the child to know that it, it's me punishing you mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it because I don't like you I'm doing it for your benefit mm-hmm. but at the same time it, I think it kind of gives balance to your role and to your position mm. um, so yeah I was thinking about that but um, I was going to say in terms of what you'd like to bring from your family I mentioned it and we kind of um, walked away from it well yeah. deviated which always so happens every now and again I yeah. wanted to ask what you two so Peter is like with a wedding bearing on your mind mm. what you perceive you will be bringing from your family in and you from a perspective of what I would like to mm. one, once I find her. Mm. So, should I go first? Yeah, you can go first. <laughs> I think um, uh, one, one thing my dad did, like for me understanding the omnipresence of God mm. was very easy because my dad was, he's always around like, <laughs> like he's always been around, you're doing something bad, you're doing something good. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's found a way to always be around, mm-hmm. and not that's not even just for us, for his kids that he had before he got married to my mom, like from other mothers and stuff. He's always tried and he's always strived to be in their lives and mm-hmm. and and to be around. So 
that definitely I think uh, I would bring in I don't know if that's a Christian value or just a value mm-hmm. um, as especially as a black black guy mm. like we we have a reputation according to society and family guy to be the ones that are not around and to deny our kids and stuff like that and like I see it with the guys um, around that they're striving to be part of their kids lives mm. um, even where you've got baby mamas that are trying to be unnecessary um so I think for me in my in my mind that definitely is going to be something like I have to be there. Mm. I have to be there and not allow for anything to prevent me from being there or work time like my kids have to be mm. a priority. I have to be there for them. Um but I think one thing that I see myself struggling with, not see myself struggling with, see my kids struggling with would be the concept of God in the sense of we're in a society now that is so anti-God mm-hmm. um, and atheism is like preached in schools and it's, they're, they're, they're bombarded with this from all sides. Mm-hmm. Definitely one thing I'm going to be doing vehemently would be to inculcate the idea of who God is into them. Mm-hmm. Inculcate the, the beauty of the Bible and, and its supremacy as mm-hmm. a book that literally has to have been taken out of our space time for it to even make any sense um the the presence of god and who he is um and and learning to appreciate that through science and not seeing science as a obstacle to that Mm. that's definitely something that i've been thinking of and that i'll be looking to bring into into my kids that's uh, i think you sorry still better oh no you you can come in um we touched on something that i was i've been thinking about as well in terms of just um, um, notion of God in the midst, not not the reality of God in the midst of everything that the world presents, and even when we're speaking about anime and stuff, mm. talking about navigating anime in wisdom, being able to watch anime and everything like that, but still hold that notion of God and know that God if, is real. If you don't get that reference, go back to our former episodes. Don't know. We talked about it on the episode. Please believe. Um, yeah. It's for me. It would be a case of yes. That's something that I've definitely been thinking about. And one thing I want to do in terms of that as well, um, kind of bears on openness. Mm. I want them to bring questions about God to me. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to bring doubts, yeah. as silly as it may be. Yeah. I want them to bring it. Yeah. So we can be like, all right, cool. That's that's a very good question. Let's see how God answers that. Mm. Mm. Let's kind of go to his word and, and see, see how God yeah. answers that question. Yeah. And if the question cannot be answered mm. explicitly, we can be like, all right, cool. From what we've learned, how do we think, think God, God answers that yeah. mm. based on what we've learned? Yeah. So to actively... No, I'm just thinking. So to actively... <laughs> I thought you saw something move. Yeah, no. <laughs> so to actively um, address their questions yeah. not to push it to the side and say oh that's irrelevant you, or make them up, yeah. understand. No, but no. to actively go through it and to yeah. make the bible seem intriguing and interesting to them well, for them to make it to, seem but to show them yeah, how to want is, them yeah. to be like oh, like yeah. I want to dig into this I yeah. want to know what it holds yeah. and it's like the proof is in the pudding yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't go to test and see yeah yeah and I think it's either taste or yeah, yeah but taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. taste. Yeah, and it's same thing. It's a case of like I want you to realize that 
this is this is authentic. Mm-hmm. When I, when I'm teaching like my science students, these are GCSE science, so they don't really care about it. But when I'm teaching, you can see the frustration in my eyes. It's like I I remember teaching, and I was like, yeah. So I mean, the book says there was a big bang out of nothing. Everything was a singularity, then it exploded. Then atoms started joining as it cooled and expanded energy. Um, but I mean, you'll not get ex- you'll not get examined on this. But that's nonsense because that can't be. How can everything be nothing and then it explodes? That doesn't make sense. And it's like I'm trying to let them know that science in and of itself is not complete mm-hmm. in its assertions. Like all of this is based on an assumption and a theory that we see evidence of, but that is not fully realized in its evidence. Um, evolution. Oh yeah, we came from apes. Why have we stopped? If, if evolution was a thing that happened, why do not why do we not continue? Why is it that we haven't seen it before or um, again ever since? Why is it that we've ended here and then human beings are only at this point? Science cannot be the be or end all, you know. And in it's funny that whilst they're teaching, while well, you look through the textbooks, whilst they're being taught all this, they're being taught that the church is holding people back, in the sense of yeah. So one of the major arguments against it is the church with very old, archaic mentalities um, and God and uh, stuff like that, which has no proof. I'm like, really? So I think that's definitely one thing that I'm frustrated with and will mm. be praying for wisdom. To bring in the other thing, and I'll let Robert speak, is uh, the idea that all they need for life and godliness is within them. Um, and, and trying to, in, in similar fashion to what you said about letting them realise that who they are made to be is 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 for a purpose and is for God's glory. Mm. It's letting them know that whatever they need, in as much as you should crave knowledge and you should crave wisdom and be ready to learn it from anyone, is to know that everything that you need is actually already inside you. Mm. And in finding God, He's able to then illuminate those things in mm. you and let you do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Mm. I think for me, one thing I'll bring into my family is. Like anime, <laughs> straight. Yeah. No, but one thing that my mum always made sure I did was have, like, take part actively in church. Mm. Yeah. So like, yeah. um, I I began like a Church of England church. Mm. She got me playing like the organ in church every Sunday. Nice. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. But every Sunday she would make sure that I went to mm. pray. And then when I went to the Salvation Army. Mm. Again, she made me. She made me. She she told the pastor, "Oh, these guys play instruments. Yeah. Oh, great, come and instrument." <laughs> and for a long time, it was long. Mm. Yeah, because mm. yeah, wasn't really taking the faith as seriously. Mm. But then, as I began began to take the the faith seriously, mm. I was seeing the importance of what I was doing, mm. and like playing music in church. It's like I'm leading, or like we're, the, the worship Ooh. band. It's like leading the guys in worship. Mm. So like how we do the songs, like like just the arrangement, and like the songs that we pick, mm. it will like shape the congregation's experience mm. for that for, for for that day, mm-hmm. which is a big a bigger responsibility than I previously realized it that mm. was. Mm. And yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Even start writing songs, you know. Nice. Cool. Yeah, nice. But anyway, um, yeah. So seven. So right now, I've got my my youngest brother. 
Mm. I'm trying to get him on the same wave. Mm. He's he, he's not too too interested right now, mm. but I've got him on keys. Mm. But it's just about like finding that balance because yeah. mm. you know how parents can be a bit pushy. Yeah, and then and then the child can end up resenting mm. what what the parents are trying to make them do. Mm. I think one thing for for one thing I was praying about because I've, I've been praying about stuff like this a lot um, is having the wisdom to see what God wants them to do mm. uh, from an early age and then pushing them in that direction. Because um, I always thought there's certain things I'm going to make my children do by force. <laughs> like learning an instrument, uh, karate, <laughs> <laughs> um, poetry or stuff like that. Not to say things that I enjoy, but things that I think will be of benefit to them mm. anyway. Like if when you grow up and you can play an instrument, I'm 26 years old and I wish I could play an instrument. Right? Um, or when you grow up and like you've done a martial arts so you've got a good body to start off with like mm. not not sexy wise but like health wise mm-hmm. you know you've got the flexibility you've got strong muscles you're used to the disciplined life that martial arts brings mm. uh, stuff like that but then also being able to watch them whilst they're young and see that oh, okay this little kid likes taking stuff apart that's probably like an engineering mind or something along those mm-hmm. lines and then see where I can push him in those areas mm. like as he's growing up I realize he likes maths he likes physics yeah that's definitely engineering I can push him there mm-hmm. or stuff like that what if you wanted to be a footballer no that's that's fair enough like as you grow older you have things that you desire mm-hmm. but then when you're young and you're doing everything um, is me being the older one me being able to see that there are these aspects in which he shines and these aspects in which he likes whilst he doesn't even realize it because mm-hmm. he's just young and he's doing anything Right, like I didn't know that I would like engineering or I'd like taking things apart when I was young, taking apart my dad's VCR. Right, and he'd just come back and it's like all over the place. I'm like, oh, sorry, mm, done it, I've broken it. <laughs> you know, but like he, my dad was telling me this recently. He was like, yeah, like I probably should have known that you would do some sort of engineering because you always take apart my VCRs. You, you'd always see something and destroy it. You get a new toy and you take it out. You take find my screwdrivers and open it up mm. right. and it's not like I'm smashing it it's like I'm literally curious as to what's inside yeah um, and he saw that and he, he didn't even take the uh, uh, he didn't have the mind to necessarily push me in that area because he still wanted us to be accountants and yeah. doctors yeah. And, as you get with African hustles you know the, the, the professions yeah uh, doctor lawyer accountant that's um, it yeah. <laughs> Then you made it in life. <laughs> After that, then you go and get married. Um, but no, uh, he saw that in me early. So when I was, when it turned out that I did want to be an engineer, <laughs> it made sense to him. Uh, but I, I'm praying that God gives me the foresight to see those kind of things <laughs> and kind of push them. Because I see it interesting in the Bible that everyone's name seems to be prophetic in some sense. Like, uh, is it Jacob and Esau? <laughs> and Jacob means the planter. And that's exactly what he did. Um, or, uh, uh, I don't know, like almost all their names seem to be representative mm. of something that they do later on. Uh, and it's like, if that was prophecy at a very basic level even, um, I'm praying for something along those lines and mm-hmm. be able to see what God wants them to do, what he's built them for, and kind of encourage them in that, in that direction. Um, so, so I just want to ask, what if you feel like their life is going in one direction like like you've you've like prayed about it and you mm. think that their life is going in one direction mm. 
like they've maybe prayed about it and thought their lives could go in a different direction. Mm. What happens then? For me, one thing my mum did that surprised me because she, like, she was saying something. There was a situation we're doing. I was doing one way, and she was like, "This might not be the right way," because she felt it wasn't. And I was like, "No, I prayed about it. I want to do it this way." And she kind of just respected it and let me be. Um, in the sense of she knows that I'm old enough if I say I've prayed about it I know I've prayed about it and I have some idea um, and she kind of just let it be so I think if I feel like they're at a stage where when they say they've prayed about it they've prayed about it and they actually know what they mean like yeah we've prayed about it we feel this is the reason um, we feel God is beaming us in this direction sure unless I feel strongly that God is saying to me no I won't actually intervene. I'll be like, okay, cool. You go and you go off and do it like this. Um, and they'd have to be at an age where I can see that. I'd have to see the fruits of their relationship with God to know that, yeah, if they say they've prayed about it, they've actually prayed about it. Um, but if that's the case, I think I'd let them be because their relationship with God is manifested in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm a bit, Weary. Um, I was watching a program, The Preacher's Daughter. Don't like, ja Rule? Nah, oh, nah. Fair enough. Um, He's in the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. This, this program's like a documentary where they follow, I think, four different preachers. Mm. And, well, four different preachers' daughters. Mm. And then they kind of see how they kind of navigate life, having all that exposure and all that pressure and stuff. Mm. And it was the very interesting thing for me was that all the black parents were very much like, this is what you're going to do. Mm. This is what we believe. You shall not do anything other than this. Mm. And the daughters that were being documented were living that life in front of their parents, Mm. but doing something totally different Mm. as soon as their parents um, turned their backs. To a point where one of them said to her older sister... She's thinking about becoming a porn star. So, yeah. And it's a case of your dad is a preacher of a church where you're actively involved. And she was saying essentially she wants to do something where she has the freedom to do whatever she wants to do. Mm. To go out and make her own decisions mm. and to just enjoy it. And to her, that's what it looks like. Mm. And she said, yeah, that's what I want to do. And obviously her sister told her dad and then whole little stuff happened. Well, whole lot of stuff happened. (laughs) And then there was another family, a white pair couple with their daughter. Their daughter um, went out partying, got drunk, had sex with a guy, unprotected. She got pregnant, gave birth and then came back to the church. And when she came back, the parents were very much on the position of she would be like, I want to do this. They'll be like, I think you shouldn't do this. Mm. But ultimately, it's your decision. Mm. And because of that stance, I feel anyways, the daughter was a lot more open to them because she realised that they respect my decisions. Mm. Even if they don't agree with it, they still mm. respect my decisions. Yeah. If they say don't do it, if I still do it, they still accept me. Mm. Because it was Halloween. And the girl's dad said, as Christians, we don't celebrate Halloween, so 
for tonight we're going to open our doors. Everyone from the church can come to our house and we'll spend time together, we'll pray, we'll worship. And then at the end of the service, the daughter said, you know what, I'm going to take my little girl trick-or-treating tonight. And obviously the dramatic music came up on the, on the program. <laughs> <laughs> then they cut the break, so it just leaves that tension. And then when they came back, the dad was like, I don't think that's a good idea. As a child of God, you shouldn't be doing that. As a child of God, you shouldn't be going out enjoying and entertaining this 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 culture mm. she was like yeah but you know what it's it's the baby's first halloween baby's not even one not gonna remember it it's the baby's first halloween and i want her to kind of experience everything that was like cool you know what it's your decision mm. she went out people came over they prayed they felt the presence of god black people were getting prayed for everything was happening she came back home and they didn't brush it underneath the rug they addressed it mm. but in such a way that she didn't feel ostracized mm. she still felt embraced and welcomed and in their relationship within the documentary i saw the most amount of openness mm. from the daughter towards the parents and parents towards the daughter and she did everything in open mm. so from then, it really got me thinking, and I was like, wow. And I've been looking at my relationship with different people and their relationships with other people as well. And I'm genuinely, I've been thinking, me pushing my perspective on people doesn't always yield the results that I want. Mm. But giving them room to kind of manoeuvre through life while still trying to provide like a safety net Mm. as and when I can gives them the opportunity to kind of build resilience and build some sort of independence and be mm. able to make decisions when I'm not there mm. um, so even in terms of pushing I, I know this might not be how you meant it but in terms of pushing my child as soon as you said it I just kind of saw you um, just like yeah you know what just kind of Churning engineering into their mind or something, oh, or, yeah, okay, or just like nudging them in that direction. No, I no. would more be all of these are available to you, keep on doing it. And then when I see that you're kind of excelling in one, I'll be like, Wow, well, it seems like you really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, If you continue doing this, these these will be open for you. So, like, you can do engineering, you can do this, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then they allow them to kind of explore that mm-hmm. and then see if so. If you meant like pushing them in that direction in terms of that then yeah but in, I'll still leave everything open but mm-hmm. just kind of inform them yeah. of what I see in terms of yeah. I think just to clarify I think in my let, let me phrase like this in my currently single vets, <laughs> the things that I intend to push on them are things that I think would be would be good basic skills so mm. when, when I say like maybe having an instrument and even at that like having an instrument in general but whatever instrument they kind of yeah, want or yeah, whatever kind yeah. of discipline in that area mm-hmm. they want mm. karate or what kind of martial art they mm. want but like between the ages of I don't know when they can walk to maybe six, seven, eight, have them do those things even if it's by force <laughs> um, something that they enjoy but mm-hmm. something that like I see certain benefits in martial arts that mm-hmm extend beyond yeah. you know your years just the ability to 
go through pain like you're doing push-ups you don't want to do push-ups but you're able to push yourself to the, that discipline that translates you. into life mm-hmm. like when you have to do something and you don't want to do it you already know how to go into a place in your mind where mm-hmm. i have to do this mm-hmm. i have to study for this exam right i'm going to study for this i'm tired i'm going to sleep wake up study for this exam it's going to get done um uh, I think those kind of things build that mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah, yeah. So those are things I intend yeah. to push on. And I say that because my wife might not agree when I do get married. <laughs> she might not agree with that. And then we're going to have to compromise. But those are things. But in terms of career-wise and stuff mm. like that, that's where in in your basic school you're learning everything. Yeah, and, you, yeah, yeah. and you're doing everything. You're going from this language to maths to whatever. In those areas is where I'm like praying for the foresight to see that they actually enjoy this kind of thing. Mm. I use the VCR example because that's what I did. Yeah. And that's what my dad was able to tell me that, oh, he should have seen it coming. Mm. But for me to be able to see, you know, maybe even as simple as, oh, she likes, oh, my, my son likes uh, certain types of fabric and he's able to put it together some way and, and see something. That could be a fashion, or that could mm-hmm. be a designer mind, or that mm-hmm. could be mm-hmm. a creative mind, like, visually and artistically and I could like just praying to be able to see those kind of little cues Mm -hmm. uh, and then go because I think babies have a better understanding of what they enjoy than we do yeah Um, and you find them doing certain things and uh, reacting so there's a little kid that understands technology in a way that's not even it's not right like babies are growing up with technology now so they know to press this and they know to expect it to go back when they press back Mm -hmm. even when they're babies when they're young but then this kid like understands something about technology in a different way, mm. and like I always think that okay maybe that kid should be put around or put in a situation where they're able to learn about it more because they might enjoy that and they might have that kind of mindset. Mm. Mm. So that's what I'm praying for to yeah. be able to see and then mm. not push them but yeah. encourage them in those definitely. areas because they excel at it so naturally. Definitely, I, I definitely agree as well in terms of whilst they're young, expose them to a lot. Yes. Allow them to explore themselves. Yeah. To explore, that's the best way for them to see what they like and what they don't like. Um, I don't think I've seen many children that are not interested in some sort of martial arts. Mm. They see on the TV, like, oh, that looks cool. Paramount just had all of us wanting to do a flag. So it's a case of, uh, and even musical instruments. Yeah. Again, you don't have to... Leia's already just fascinated with my guitar. There's a video mm. of her playing my guitar on Instagram. Mm. And she's... Yeah, she's just loving it. Um, they love the sounds. They love yeah. the textures, the feels and stuff. So I, I definitely agree in terms of just keeping everything open within reason mm. and allowing them to just explore themselves. Jamelia said as a child, she told her parents she wanted to tap dance. Mm. So they bought her tap dancing shoes, mm. which were like five hundred pounds. Mm. She went to one lesson and said, "I don't want to go." No <laughs> and then her dad's like, "What do you mean you don't want to go? No <laughs> you're gonna go. Them shoes, you're gonna go." <laughs> so it's like that's what I say within reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess wisdom can be applied in taking that on board. Mm. I might just like rent shoes or see if they have shoes there that she can practice in or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. And then one, twice, little, two, three little times, see if she enjoys it. If not, all right, cool, I just save myself £500. Mm. <laughs> just keep, keep it moving like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 
and I think for me that also works into them accepting who God has made them. Yeah. And it's them discovering it for themselves in their relationship with God. Mm. Um, obviously, they're not going to have a relationship with God at the age of like six months and stuff or mm. two years, well, hopefully. But um, yeah, being able to, as you said, be wise enough to be able to but well, identify. Yeah, identify and have that foresight yeah. to be able to see, all right, cool, like, mm, that's interesting, that's interesting, and kind of pointing it out. Yeah. And obviously, by grace, it's not just going to be us. We're going to have our partners. We're going to have our wives. Yeah. So if we miss something, they might pick it up. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. in discussion, we're like, oh, have you noticed that she, she's always doing this, always doing that? It's like, yeah. oh, I never saw that, you know? Mm. And then we can kind of bounce ideas back and forth and be like, oh, so mm. do you think we should expose her more to this or this and that? Mm. Um, so that's another great perk about having that family unit with mm. both parents in it where you can both kind of work together. I think another prayer I have that I want to definitely put on the podcast is to have the kids grow up in an environment where they see daddy loving mommy mm. and they see mommy loving daddy. Mm-hmm. They see that element of, like, you know, dad treats mom like a queen and mom treats dad like a queen, a king because I feel like your first kind of exposure to a relationship is what you've seen mm. uh, at home, you know, mom and your dad. So... Um, I think that's definitely another important thing that I want to bring in. The way the Bible says, a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. I want my ba- my kids to be able to see that verse in the Bible and see that and mom. And, uh, okay, that like I can see that in my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I definitely want that. I definitely pray, pray for that as well. I, I heard, I saw a picture, I can't think it was on Facebook, that read... Um, the best way to love the children is to love their mum. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, mm. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it holds a lot of weight. Yeah. I think I wrote on Twitter once that my kids are going to think their mum is a queen because that's exactly how I'm going to treat her or something like that. Yeah. Sweet boy bars. <laughs> not sweet boy bars. It's not <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> and I think one thing that I want to show my kids is like me praying to God for forgiveness when I sin yeah yeah, yeah. being open about being wrong yeah, yeah. yeah. because yeah. a lot of parents <laughs> and a lot of it might be a general brush quote in again but a lot of African parents cannot say sorry there's an African proverb that says in the gathering of elders listen to our phrases in the gathering of elders it is the child that has farted <laughs> Do you get it? No matter what, no elder is wrong there. The kid that has fought, whether or not he has in the garden of elders, is a kid that's fought. And I think that's the mentality yeah. that African parents tend to have. So I think it's very important that like when you're praying, have them by the side and like pray out loud, Lord, I did this wrong. Please forgive me, yeah. so that they know that they know. Well, they know that it's. First of all, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to acknowledge or it's yeah. important to acknowledge that. And they see, like they see you acknowledging yeah. like in front of them yeah. so then they'll feel more inclined to come to you when they, they, they do something wrong as well. Absolutely. And then you can then direct them towards God. Absolutely. A lot of the times, I think, especially in the Bible, um, the prayers that are said out loud are said 
more for the benefit of those listening than necessarily the ones praying. Like yeah. Christ praying out loud sometimes, or our Father who has in heaven, he's teaching them how to pray. Um, and when he's been praying out loud for him to pray for whoever it was to record, I think Luke recorded mm. him praying in Gethsemane saying, um, not my will but yours be done. Again, I think already we know that God, Christ had a relationship with God where he was speaking to him and no one else was hearing anyway. Uh, but for him to say that out loud, for us to see, I think that was for our benefit to know that it's okay to be in a situation where you feel you don't want to be there. But then it's more important that you allow God to do what he's doing because that's the better good yeah. than it is for, for you. Even in John, when before he calls out Lazarus, he starts praying. It's like I don't pray for my benefit because I know you hear me. I'm praying for these lots. Absolutely. And then it thunders. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think in in lines with that as well. Another key thing for me will be not be afraid to apologize to my children. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, important, yeah. especially if you're wrong. It's yeah. If if I am wrong, to to be like, alright, cool. You know what? I made a mistake. Yeah. I own up to it, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Genuinely as well. Like, yeah. Sorry. Don't <laughs> 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 clean your room. <laughs> you're still grounded. You're still grounded. Yeah, you're still grounded. Wrong, you're, you're not getting grounded. your phone back. You can go to your room. Yeah. But yeah, just just be like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's my, it's my fault. I've e- I've even found that necessary as a teacher. Mm. So if I say to a child, oh, you're on a caution. Oh, what's well, that? I didn't get an early warning. All right, cool. My mistake. Early warning. <laughs> <laughs> you still got a warning, but you've just been yeah. knocked, knocked down yeah. intensely, and it's a case of not being. When I first started, I had that pride as though I, I can't admit that I'm wrong in front of the students. Mm-hmm. But the more I kind of felt God challenging me on it, and I saw one other teacher do it, and I, it was like, it was just, just like, wow, he just apologized to a student, mm-hmm. and it just changed the whole dynamic in the classroom as soon as the teacher apologized. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Mm. So I started to try to implement that. Because so, I think then they can see that you're not, you're real. Yeah. You're not placing yourself on this pedestal of per- perfection mm-hmm. when you're not. Because the kids can see through that and people can see through that. When you act like, yeah, I'm, I'm perfect. So I never make mistakes. And you're making mistakes mm-hmm. and they see it. Like, I don't believe a word you say. But when you do apologize, it's like, yeah, okay, he's real. He's normal. We can respect him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one more thing one hour four minutes uh, one more thing is the the idea of, of being open and like respecting the kids mm-hmm. choices I've been thinking about this recently in that that's to some extent is something I see in God where he obviously knows what's right um, and he tends to do what is right mm-hmm. not tends to do like he's never done anything otherwise <laughs> but, but there are instances in the Bible especially where it seems as though He's said this thing, and this thing is right, but he has almost allowed for the child to do what they want. And um, what what you find later on as you read is that what God had said was right in the beginning anyway. Where, this is a harsh example, where God was saying he's going to destroy the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And Moses was like, oh no, if you destroy them, the people are going to say that you brought them out of Egypt just to destroy them. Don't destroy them. And God hearkened on to uh, Moses' voice. Mm-hmm. Later on, reading that, I realized the same people that Moses saved ended up costing him the promised land. And I was like, yeah, God didn't... God kind of restrained himself from destroying them then. But in the end, none of those people made it anyway. <laughs> they all got destroyed. Another example was King Hezekiah. 
And I think at some point God had told him that you are going to die now, put your affairs in order. And then he goes, oh God, but I did all of this, I did all of this. And God's like, fine, he gave him some more time. His end was worse. He ended up messing up in like a totally bad way. I mm-hmm. think he got sick and like he turned away from God. His child turned away from God and led people astray. And it was like his end was much worse. If he had died at the time God said he was going to die, he would have been much more better off. And I've heard someone preach and say, do stuff in church so that you can change God's mind at some point. I've heard people say that as well. I've seen stuff. <laughs> Under what circumstance do I want to change God's mind? Where is anything that I would want better than what God would want? But I see that element of love in the sense of, I love you so much, I'm going to tell you what is right. Mm-hmm. But I love you enough to let you do what you want to do if you if you persist mm. and if you insist on doing it, yeah you do it. I'll still give you the safety net. I'll still protect you. But this way would be best. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do that you can do it. I guess it is along the same lines of choose this day a place before you life and death. death. Choose life. choose life. Please. I he he actually he actually makes it sound like he's begging yeah. them to choose life. But but it's your choice. You could choose death if you yeah. want, isn't it? And more people choose death, unfortunately. And that's and that's 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 the marvelous thing because even when we choose the wrong thing, and like the prodigal son, we realize that we've made that mistake. When we come back, he still embraces us. Not just embraces us; he's waiting at the door, looking, looking, looking for us. far off. That he re- restores us yeah. back yeah. to that form of glory. That's true. And it's never too late to come back. No. Unless you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I was thinking if, if the prodigal son had died out there, he would have died out there. He would have died out there. Yeah. So as long as you have breath, as long as you've got breath in your lungs, as long as you're alive, there's an opportunity to go back. And the father's waiting, watching for that. Sorry? Sorry? Yeah, thank okay, you. I think we should start calling this tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, so guys, thank you very much for uh, tuning into this podcast episode. TBF. Yeah. Yeah. Leave some comments, like if you've got some input. Share like some comments. No, no. Call in. We're still looking for some guests, so if you want to come on the show, come on the show. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, definitely. This has been the Blacksmith Furnace, and we're signing out. Blah, blah. Hmm.